spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to the 142nd annual Subliminal Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory. Bullshit, my name is Cody. I'm joined by my pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. I actually, I have something right off the bat, and it's some pretty important NFL news, and I bet you're you're really interested in it. Oh, I think I know. following it. I think I know where you're going. Uh, yeah, definitely. The Washington football team actually finally chose a new name. They are going to be going by the Commanders. So how do you feel about that? Uh, yeah, I've already heard the joke. Uh, we're going to start calling them the Commies. The commies. For sure, yeah. yeah. It's a terrible name, and their new uniforms look fucking terrible. Sorry, yeah. I just think they look awful. And the name's yeah. awful, too. I, I don't know. How do you feel about it? I think it's for the president is why the, you know, the commander is like commander in chief. But obviously, you probably thought I was going to talk about the Jim Harbaugh probably getting hired on at the Minnesota Vikings. I did. Yeah. Do you Okay, do you I, think that's a good or a bad move? I think it's a good move for the Vikings, not a great move for Harbaugh, just because of the situation he's going to be, you know, coming into. Uh, I was listening to a podcast earlier today. Basically, they have the worst salary cap in the nation, of course, because of their, you know, their quarterback situation. They also have one of the oldest average ages for any team in the NFL, too. Um, You know, they didn't make the playoffs. They're kind of a middling team. They don't even have a good draft pick coming in. So I don't think it's a good idea for Harbaugh to jump ship on Michigan just when he's finally built something. But what do you think about it? Um, I'm actually, I I really like him as a coach mainly because he kind of just like wins wherever he goes. Yeah. Um, the thing is, and I'm assuming the main attraction for him is because if you unload Kirk Cousins, your cap situation is almost instantly cleaned up. And then there's a lot of young offensive talent on the team, which I didn't really realize it, but he is an offensive-minded coach. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think if Minnesota can give him at least three years, just give him a chance without you know kicking him out of town. Minnesota Vikings, they're, I almost said program, they're, you know, their whole deal is they get a coach, they give him one year, then they put him on the hot seat his second year, and of course, they can't make anything happen, so they get rid of him. Right. Well, the Vikings have been, uh, unless the coach does something really bad, they've given the coaches quite a bit of a leash. I think they kind of like to follow the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, thing where they keep a coach and give him quite a few shots because, let's be honest... Three years usually isn't enough time to turn an organization around. Oh, definitely. You need to show progress after three years. I was under the impression that they had just hired the coach that they recently fired just a couple of years ago. No, it was eight or nine years. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. well, then I'm a completely... I must have seen a bad article. I was completely wrong on that one. Uh, the, the thing is, is my... I would assume 
They're going to try to get draft picks for Kirk Cousins. They're picking 12th. The quarterback draft isn't great, but they have uh, two kind of quarterbacks that I think Harbaugh likes, uh, like uh, Matt Carell and Malik Willis, I think his name is. So it'd be kind of fun if they got one of them. Okay. Yeah. But I don't well, know. Well, I mean, that's that's just, I mean, that's the big breaking news today. I think the meeting that he had, he just flew into Minneapolis. Yeah. So he's the, interv- it's going down. He's so. interviewing right now. Um, yeah. I wanted to say one other thing before we dive into this week's episode. So are you familiar with the store Half Price Books? Yes, I am. There's uh, there's one two blo- There's one about two blocks from my house right next to a Best Buy. So... I love the store. Um, I went in there quite a few times, you know, and I have a shitload of Blu-rays and I realize I'm never going to watch these fucking movies. So it's like, why don't I just try to sell them off to them? So I brought them probably 30, probably like 30 to 35 of them. Just what a generic ass movies, not a big deal. I didn't really care. Um, I just wanted to get rid of them to make more space. I was in a little bit of shock for how much they offered me for him. How much would you guess? Um, depending on the movie, I would say $3 for the better ones, maybe a dollar for the not so great ones. But in my mind, I'm thinking best or uh, GameStop prices. Uh, it's worse than GameStop prices. They offered me $17 for all of them. <laughs> oh, $17 for all of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's you might as well just throw them in the dumpster. <laughs> I I if I was like, well, it's not the greatest offer, but again, I'm I just want to clear up space. So I it's either I guess sell them for $17 or eventually they're going to end up at uh, Goodwill or something. So I just said fuck it. Um they claim they buy albums as well. So I'm tempted to go unload the albums or the vinyls that I have sitting around here and see, I'm sure that'll be like $20 for them. So, but again, I, uh, sometimes you just got to let stuff go and uh, clean up a little bit. Yeah. I do have to say, um, I actually bought a brand new bookshelf about six months ago and I've been filling it. I go to Barnes and Noble, but obviously that's, you know, more expensive. It is nice. Whenever I want to find like a good history book, I'll go there and they're pretty cheap. Like the ones at Barnes and Noble, the same one would probably be, you know, twenty five to thirty five dollars. You can get it there for twelve to fifteen. So it's nice. Here's the thing. Like Barnes and Noble, I don't understand them because very clearly Amazon, usually the books are like, I don't know, thirty percent cheaper than they are at Barnes and Noble. And you can get them just as easy. So why is Barnes and Noble so expensive? I mean, I know they're owned, I think, by GameStop or they own Game GameStop or something. But it's just like eventually, I feel like it's gonna ru- you're gonna run yourself out of business. I think that some people still like the brick and mortar feel of like walking into a bookstore and picking out a new book. So I think they're kind of still surviving on nostalgia, but that can't last forever. No. You know? It it is weird. Barnes and Noble does have a very like comfortable, inviting presence to it. I will give it that, but their books are quite expensive. Oh yeah, definitely. Unless you 
go to the like the racks with like the older books on them and you find you know ones that are already either marked down or cheaper because they're a few years old so right well anyway uh speaking of uh corporations are you ready to uh, get into this week's episode phil definitely let's hit it all right as americans it almost is a tradition to have grown up eating from fast food restaurants of some kind whether it was McDonald's, Burger King, or one of the other numerous fast food chain restaurants that exist. Now, it's pretty clear that the food overall isn't high quality, nor is it very nutritious. <laughs> now, being that these are generally multi-million dollar corporations serving questionable food to the masses, and add to the fact that these companies would do anything to cut costs to increase their profits, Rumors begin to take root and create certain conspiracies or urban legends about just what exactly is in this food. And today we are going to try to figure out if any of these claims have any validity to them or if they are uh, true at all. And honestly, God, there's so many of them. There's so goddamn many of them. Uh, I don't eat fast food that often. Phil, are you a big fast food guy still? Um, I was never really a big fast food guy. So right now, probably the fast food that I eat the most is Popeye's. Just because okay. they have the best biscuits, in my opinion. And also, I really do think that they have much better chicken, obviously, than KFC. Um, some people like Church's chicken better. But I think Popeye's is good enough. You know, I also eat uh, Chipotle quite a bit. I realize a lot of people don't like to eat there anymore because like prior health concerns, but that's actually the perfect time to eat there is after they've gotten caught and they have to clean it up, you know. Gotcha. Okay. I, I don't know. Do you consider Chipotle fast food? I would just because they make it right in front of you. Okay. Yeah, I, I guess I could see that. Um, is there Popeye's close to where you live? Yeah, there's one a couple blocks from where I live. I kind of wish there was one closer because I, I, I actually do like Popeye's. They're, uh, I think it's the spicy chicken sandwich or something they have there. Uh, quite good. I really like that one. Yeah, I've had their, their chicken sandwiches. They're good, but I'm not a huge chicken sandwich person. Actually, my favorite kind of chicken sandwiches are like the cheaper the better for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> I really hate shitty fast food except for chicken sandwiches like the mcchicken you mean yes yeah sadly yes the mcchicken used to be my favorite thing when i did go to mcdonald's so okay all right yeah i mean i haven't had one in a long time i keep like i hate when i get one and i bite and there's either either like really tough gristle or like a tiny chunk of a bone in it it just fucks me up or a tendon yeah Ooh, i know yeah not good not great it I was going to say, too, um, I haven't actually eaten McDonald's in years. Um, ever since I saw those pictures, well, social media, basically those people who found old McDonald's like in the bottom of an old trash can, and it still looks the same as it did the day that they bought it, basically after it's been in a garbage can in their garage for like five years. Don't you worry, Phil. We are going okay. to be talking about that. Um there's so many, right? This might have to be kind of one of the things we do where um, down months down the road, we'll, we'll come back to more fast food restaurants. 
Uh, there's so many that I could only cover two of them <laughs> on this week's <Okay>. episode. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll definitely be coming back because there's plenty of them to talk about. Um, okay. But, but anyway, we will kick off this week's episode with a fast food restaurant that I don't particularly go to very often, but is nonetheless one of the more popular establishments. That being, of course, Kentucky Fried Chicken, or KFC, as it is known. And for those who might know, they mainly sell, uh, of course, fried chicken for our international listeners there. Now, this particular conspiracy seemed to multiple conspiracies, let me say that, all seem to kind of root from when the company decided to change their name from Kentucky Fried Chicken to KFC in 1991. Now, we would have only been six years old, but I don't really remember this happening. Do you? I No, I don't remember this. I remember the commercials with the Colonel when I was older than six years old calling it Kentucky Fried Chicken. Um, obviously their biggest thing was the bucket. Uh, yeah. Ev- you know, everyone loved the bucket of chicken. So here's like KFC. I've never been the biggest fan of, uh, in all honesty, I like fried chicken, but it's probably the last thing I want to get. Uh, most of the time I, I, I just KFC. I don't know. I don't go there very often. Um, their biscuits were okay. How about you? I mean, you kind of mentioned it, but do you like KFC at all? No. Well, I mean, the thing is when we, we obviously grew up in a small town with very few anything, but when we went to Rochester, a lot of times we would get KFC and that was kind of a big deal for us. Also, it was back when KFC was good. Um, There are some, obviously in America, KFC is kind of known as like the worst chicken place now. Um, I was going to say though, when I was living in Britain, a lot of the British people I knew, they loved KFC because apparently it was real chicken. They were, <laughs> they were still getting chicken um, in the, the British KFCs. And actually, the last time I had KFC, I believe I was in Edinburgh or Cardiff, and it was really good. So. Okay. Yeah, we some stricter food laws might do the uh, United States a little little benefit for the overall quality of the food. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. Here's the thing. Like you said, you would go with your family to KFC. I don't know if it's like an older person thing. My grandma loves KFC. My mom loves KFC. I don't get it. I think it's just kind of one of those deals where if you kind of grew up or if it was kind of a big deal, like when when Kentucky Fried Chicken first came out, it was like a huge thing, a big deal. Everyone loved it. Like everywhere, because I've seen a documentary where they were talking about KFCs. Um, basically, wherever they went up, they were all a success because, you know, everyone loved them. Just, you know, getting that chicken really fast. And it was really good at the time. But I think a lot of people have like the good nostalgia feeling about KFC. And they don't really realize how far downhill it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. That's... uh. It's very true. I I guess I should say, do you remember banquet chicken? Yes, the frozen chicken you'd buy from the grocery store. I basically grew up on that stuff. I was going to say, dude, my grandma and my mom, again, were like fucking obsessed with that shit. I will will give banquet credit. um, The breading on that chicken was phenomenal. Oh, it was the, like... 
the chicken on that chicken was not very good, but the breading, yes, very crispy. It tasted like it was deep fried, even though you threw it in the oven. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know what the fuck they did to it, but maybe sprinkled a little crack on it or something. It was great. <laughs> yeah, but you can't. I can't really find it anymore. So yeah, I I haven't seen it in a while, but then again, I haven't really looked now. After KFC officially rebranded themselves in 1991, it started to make some people question why in the world would they decide to almost out of the middle of nowhere uh, change their name. Then certain people started to receive a very unique chain letter that detailed the reason why KFC changed his name. Are you familiar with the chain letter? Obviously, they don't. These things don't really work anymore. Obviously, you can get chain emails and shit. Yeah, I've never heard of this. I I scrolled down and I saw it right here. Um, no, I've this is the first time I'm hearing about this. I did hear a theory on why KFC changed its name, but I'll save it for after this in case it's the same thing. Okay, let me. I'm gonna read the uh, as you mentioned. I'm gonna read the. I think this is the chain letter. Um, this was from a website. I, it seemed like something you'd get in a chain letter, but uh, it reads as follows. KFC has been a part of American traditions for many years. Many people, day in and day out, eat at KFC religiously. Do they really know what they're eating? During a recent study of KFC done at the University of New Hampshire, they found some very upsetting facts. First of all, has anybody noticed that just recently the company changed their name? Kentucky Fried Chicken became KFC. Does anybody know why? We thought the real reason was because of the fried food issue. It's not. The reason they called it KFC is because they cannot use the word chicken anymore. Why? KFC does not use real chickens. They actually use genetically manipulated organisms. These so-called chickens are kept alive by tubes inserted into their bodies to pump blood and nutrients throughout their structure. They have no beaks, no feathers, and no feet. Their bone structure is dramatically shrunk to get even more meat out of them. This is great for KFC because they do not have to pay so much for their production costs. There is no more plucking of the feathers or the removal of the beaks and feet. The government has told them to change all of their menus so they do not say chicken anywhere. If you look closely, you will notice this. Listen to their commercials. I guarantee you will not see or hear the word chicken. I find this matter to be very disturbing. I hope people will start to realize this and let other people know. Please forward this message to as many people as you can. Together, we can make KFC start using real chicken again. So if you got that in the mail, Phil, um, how would you feel about it? I don't. Well, I mean, obviously, if I got that today, I would kind of just think it was bullshit. <laughs> but if you got that, imagine if you were a middle America person back in like the 90s and you got something like this, you might actually, you know, give it some credence. So, yeah, I know um, you can get letters this fucking crazy if you are um, a member of the NRA. Uh, have you ever received a letter from them? No, I have not. I don't even know why they sent me them. Uh, I'm I'm not a member or anything, but they sent me a letter, and this was back when Obama was president, and it was basically just like, kind of like the same conspiracies we talked about him on yep. this show in a letter, 
like trying to scare you into signing up for their organization. I'm just like, anyone with half a brain would realize this is bullshit. Um, but uh, that's for maybe another episode. But again, I don't know. It, like you said, if I received this letter, I just assume it's from a crazy person. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I did hear that they had some issues with, I believe it was using genetically modified chickens. That was the conspiracy that I had kind of heard that they were making these chickens so large that they were not able to stand on their legs anymore. Basically the chickens were, had so much, you know, meat on them that they were not able to walk around. Um, basically though, they talk about, I'm going to break it down a little bit. They talk about having them be born without beaks or heads or anything like that. The method that they use is basically they hang, it's kind of disgusting. From what I hear, they hang them upside down and then basically like a conveyor belt just kind of takes them down and it chops their heads off. So they have really no problem, you know, taking the beaks and the heads off. They boil off the feathers from what I've heard. Uh, it also, you know, preps them for being chopped up. So they got, they've got that down to a science. Also, I remember, uh, there was a kid in our class, Nick. He actually was in the paper because he sold some chickens to KFC. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, see, this is uh this is a conspiracy that I'm familiar with actually. Um, but apparently we we might be a little wrong here, Phil. <laughs> okay. So uh well let me give you the answer for this particular letter. Um, now, as much as I could totally envision the greedy corporate overlords salvating at the mouth, uh, trying to pull something like this off to make more money, unfortunately, they do have several glaring holes with the conspiracy theory. Uh, first being, of course, that the University of New Hampshire has been on record saying that they have never once studied any chicken from KFC. Uh, yeah. Secondly... KFC would had to have had some of the some genius scientists working in a secret lab to make these mutant chickens because the chickens DNA genome wasn't even discovered until the early 2000s. So this yep. is 10 plus years before that. And thirdly, this is kind of how a video I saw kind of put it. If the FDA found out that KFC was using mutant chickens, why, instead of maybe stopping them and issuing severe fines, why did they just tell them, hey, you just can't use the word chicken in your name anymore, um, even though there's proof that during they were called KFC, but in their commercials, they still clearly stated that they sold fried chicken all the time. So that kind of gets debunked. Now, as far as what you're saying, the force feeding the animals, that is not abnormal because they do that with cows. They do that with all the animals. Um, ducks are a big one. Uh, do, you, do you know what foie gras is? No, I don't. So duck liver uh, in the French world, I guess it's called foie gras. Um, basically, <sighs> duck liver kind of... I wouldn't say it turns into butter, but it's kind of like that consistency. Um, okay. And they will force feed them to get their livers humongous. And then they harvest the litter, liver and it makes them a shitload. Of, like it sells for a lot. And uh, it's one way they do it. From okay. what I was reading, 
KFC currently, I think it's KFC, is currently working towards buying chickens only that were raised cage-free from now on. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know, what is it, the past 20 years, there's been a big controversy with how chickens are raised, especially like the big um, the big farms, the big factory farms, where they basically live, either these chickens are living in these tiny little cages where they yeah. can barely move, or they're living in these barns, these big ass sheds where there's so many chickens like locked in there, the big confinement ones, they can't even move around. They're basically just living in their own shit. Yeah. I think from just studying these two companies, um, I don't think that they cared about themselves doing that, but I think they've gotten so much public backlash after people found out that now they're like, Oh, we got to change this. Otherwise, we're really going to be running out of business and the dollar's the bottom line. Let's not beat around the bush with these companies. Whatever helps them sell the product, they're going to do it. Yeah, I was going to say, so the conspiracy, not really conspiracy, the reason why I heard they changed their name from Kentucky Fried Chicken, and stop me if you're going to get into this later, okay. to KFC was because they got bought out by a big mega corporation that owns... Uh, basically they own like a and W the burger joint. Uh, they own long John silvers and like pizza hut and a few other ones. And I, from what I heard, they didn't like kind of how hokey like Kentucky fried chicken sounded. So they kind of wanted to like revamp their name a little bit. Well, um, that is not the reason that I found for them changing their name. Um, it kind of goes twofold. I'm going to tell you the first that is, kind of the renowned belief, uh, believed reason. And that is because during the nineties, um, shortening long restaurants or companies names was kind of a big thing. Like the international house of pancakes had become IHOP, um, Mm. KF Kentucky fried chickens, kind of a mouthful. And there's a big, like the no fat diet craze was happening right around then. And the word fried kind of turned people off because, (laughs) let's be real, uh, fried food is not the best for you. That's one aspect of it. Now, here's the other one. Around the time that KFC changed their name, it just so happened that the state of Kentucky had actually trademarked, trademarked the word Kentucky, which led to even the Kentucky Derby to start calling itself the Run for the Roses, which apparently was a popular nickname for the event anyway. Now, it's pretty clear that these two organizations just didn't want to pay royalty fees to the state of Kentucky, but sometime in 2006, the state of Kentucky and KFC agreed to a, quote, undisclosed settlement for the trademarked word Kentucky, which led to KFC to take back its former name and revert back to Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah, I was going to say, I do remember seeing commercials where they did say Kentucky Fried Chicken. So they kind of say like KFC and Kentucky Fried Chicken. Um, Yeah, I've never heard about the state of Kentucky trademarking the name Kentucky. I imagine it was pretty cheap because, you know, not a great brand for them, (laughs) except for in basketball, of course. I I I wish we had our Kentucky ambassador... Uh, we could call Jimmy Dar and yes. uh, and find out the truth about that. 
Yes, ask the Honorable Jimmy Dar about uh, how the state of Kentucky brands itself. Um, but yeah, that uh, that makes a lot more sense than obviously, you know, them using mutant uh, mutant chickens. The joke is also that KFC uses pigeon uh, instead of chicken too. So yeah, he wouldn't put it past them if they could get away with it. Um, Definitely. But here, here's the thing, I. Th- I think it was kind of a twofold thing where KFC just wanted a shorter name and they uh, didn't want to pay the state of Kentucky. Now, I don't know. I know all the KFCs around here. I think on the side of the building still or like now says Kentucky Fried Chicken instead of KFC. Yeah, I don't really. They're kind of one of those things that just blends into the background. I don't really notice them anymore. Um, they're always, it seems like they're always kind of just hanging out in like strip mall parking lots kind of deal. Yeah. Um, they're not very, you know, you never see, I remember the one when I was living in Columbus, New Mexico, they had a KFC there and you would never see anyone in line for it. It was so terrible, but everything in Clovis was terrible. The Arby's there. Oh man. It was bad. You would hear, you would hear horror stories, like basically people pulling the bun up and finding green meat. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. That Arby's was terrible. Yeah, that is a restaurant that I wanted to cover, but uh, like I said, ran out of time. Um, yeah. So I will give credit that we're we're in West St. Paul, where I used to live. Um, that KFC used to be a complete shithole, or turned into a shithole. They like cleaned everything up, gave the building a new slab of paint, kind of modernized it, and. It seems like that place is popping all the time. Okay. So maybe so, they did some different marketing things to kind of change their image. I don't know. Yeah. Well, word of mouth helps too. So when basically kind of like how back in the 90s, everyone used to love going to Applebee's. You know, right. like Applebee's was like the big place to go, especially if you lived in a shithole little town like ours and you went to like a, a city for some reason, you'd go to an Applebee's. Then all of a sudden, they're, you know, just everything about them went downhill. But the only time I ever go to an Applebee's is when I hear people saying like, oh, yeah, no, it's a good one. That's one of the good ones, you know. I mean, I I haven't been to Applebee's in forever, but I've never really been turned off by it. Yeah, I, I used to love it when I was a kid. Uh, and then teenager, we used to go there quite a bit. And yeah. Basically, after college, I think I went to one a couple of times, and they were it was just awful. Every really? time I went to an Applebee's, no matter where I went, it was awful. I think the the thing for me is those types of restaurants. Um, I think Chili's is better, and I think uh, Buffalo Wild Wings is better. I'm, I feel like I'm forgetting one of them. Maybe Denny's or Perkins. I always feel like they taste better as well. Okay, like the big chain restaurants. Yeah, yeah. The chain sits down, sit downs. Yeah. Is, is Perkins dead? I can't remember if they're mm. out of business or if, I know Denny's isn't. No, Denny's is the thing about Perkins is Perkins is more of a Midwestern thing. I think Denny's is you know a national brand. I think Perkins is really because uh, I haven't seen a Perkins out here at all. So. Okay, I I know the one uh, again. West St. Paul closed down, so. Maybe they are not around anymore. I don't know. It's only old people going in there. So maybe their customer base is turning 90 and just kind of 
peeling well, off. Well, I heard OCB is coming back, so maybe the old people will have somewhere to go again. <laughs> I did hear Pick that. that dinner at, Pick up that dinner at 3.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. I did hear it is coming back. Um, I haven't seen one yet, though. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, that's pretty much it with KFC. We're going to going to move on to the next fast food establishment here. Uh, I think it's pretty safe to assume almost everyone who listens to this show has either had or at least heard of probably the biggest fast food chain in the world, McDonald's. Now, because McDonald's being such a large corporation and having some of the cheapest food options possible, the urban legends about McDonald's are pretty lengthy And some are quite believable. Now, Phil, how do you feel? We know your opinions on KFC. How do you feel about McDonald's? So I used to eat McDonald's a little bit. Um, It was a it was kind of a go to like after the bar that I used to get. Um, Not really a during the day type thing. Uh, They they do have really good hash browns uh, for their breakfast in the morning. But that's kind of it. Um, I actually never had McDonald's until I went with your family to Rochester one time and we stopped at McDonald's. We were like teenagers at the time, pretty much. That was the first time I ever had McDonald's, though. Really? Yeah. I see McDonald's I do like. I haven't eaten it in probably, I don't know, 40 years, probably. But um, I do like it. I just know... There's so many better options, and it's not great for you. No, especially when you get into your 30s and you eat a little bit of fast food, like cheap fast food like that, and you just feel like shit for like four days straight. I know. Um, I think our generation kind of, like I'd say our parents' generation didn't fully understand how bad this food really is. Uh, I mean, I know now that I try to eat a lot cleaner than uh, than this. So, but yeah, I, I don't think people truly knew how unhealthy this shit is for you. Okay, yeah, I I get what you mean. Um, there are a lot of people still who kind of like you know stuff their kids full of McDonald's, even though like we know all this stuff now, but it. I kind of, well, I mean, growing up on a farm and everything probably benefited from that because we, there was only one fast food place really growing up when I was a kid and it was Hardee's in yep. town. Yeah. So we ate a lot of like farm, you know, a lot of stuff that we grew on the farm. We actually ate that. So All I probably, right. you know, benefited from that. I have to say you grill your own hamburger. You can't get any yep. better than that, man. Oh yeah, definitely. We would... Like we would take a cow every year and go get it slaughtered and we'd be eaten. Like when we, when my mom would cook steaks, we would go on the grill and basically cook the entire steak and then just cut off whatever piece we want. So it was really good. That's so good, man. Mm. Yep. Okay. So the first uh, little urban legend here. Now this is uh, kind of one I had never heard about. So I had to start doing my own research, but there's something that they kind of refer to as McDonald's fries and fertility. Now, the belief is if you were to eat McDonald's French fries after having sex, it will greatly increase your chances of becoming pregnant. 
Uh, the belief is something along the lines that the salt from the fries dehydrates you, allowing you to absorb the semen easier, and the fat from the fries helps the egg stick to your uterus. Have you heard any of this, Phil? No, I've uh, I've never heard any of this. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I, I haven't either, and I'm just like, who comes up with this shit? Like, honestly, who, I mean, I guess, you know, after sex, you might want to have some junk food, but I, like, do you go up there and you're ordering, he's like, I want a large fry because I'm trying to get pregnant. Like, I, I don't know. This is a very strange. <laughs> have that shit door dashed. Yeah. <laughs> try to, try to time it perfectly. Hurry up. I'm trying to get pregnant here. <laughs> He'll be here any minute. Now, here's what, I mean, I'm assuming anybody who hears this probably is like, well, that sounds pretty fucking stupid. Um, and honestly, I look through a lot of web pages, um, and as no surprise, there's not a single shred of evidence that McDonald's fries will actually help you become pregnant. But a lot of them also said, if you're superstitious and you really want to get pregnant, it doesn't hurt to try. It's probably not going to help you, but it's probably not going to hurt you either. So I guess if you want fries after having sex in an attempt to get pregnant, then go for it. That's kind of what most of the doctors said. Well, maybe there is too. If you actually believe it, there might be a placebo effect. True. So that might, you know, I don't know, maybe mentally take down some of those barriers. If there's possibly any, you know, anything going on, uh, you know, I can't, I'm not an expert in, you know, how mental health and mental barriers might block any of that shit, but who knows? Maybe there is some kind of placebo effect. Well, just know, guys, um, if your girlfriend, wife, whatever, comes home and she's got two large fries, you better realize you are in some trouble. <laughs> Saddle up, cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to ride. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on to the next one, let's talk a little bit about the McDonald's hamburger. Now, this particular urban legend is one I've definitely heard before and revolves around figuring out what sort of mystery items are in the hamburger meat at McDonald's. Uh, this particular belief has some actually pretty wide ranges as far as what they claim is in the meat, which includes... There were so many of them, I kind of just threw them all in here. Uh, yeah. People say there's human meat in it, horse meat in it, earthworms in it, or cow eyeballs. Now, uh, do you believe, before I give the answer here, that any of these items are in the hamburger meat at McDonald's? Well, I'm not quite sure about earthworms or cow eyeballs. Um, anyone who's read... The, the jungle from basically like the early 20th century knows that uh, human meat cut in the form of chopped fingers actually did used to show up in a lot of meat that Americans ate. But I was going to say horse meat is kind of funny because there was a controversy overseas with some frozen lasagna dishes that showed up with uh, to the labs. Basically, they found horse meat inside of the lasagnas rather than like cow meat so that was a big controversy um one of the things that i've actually heard um the meat might be made up of something called msgs uh which is the thing that they think 
kind of is like the addictive properties of fast food hamburgers. Also, um, I've heard that McDonald's meat might be kind of just full of like breadcrumbs and filler. Oh, okay. I, uh, the MSGs, I mean, that's kind of the Asian countries love to use that as a salt substitute. Certainly could be what they're using, but I think that MSG is pretty much salt. Okay. Yeah. I, I, think... I know I know I've heard it's an additive that they use to get, you know, little kids addicted to it. Oh, I'm sure it is. It's uh probably a lot cheaper than salt. Mm-hmm. But uh now with these claims, it is pretty obvious you want to stop and think about it because you wonder there this is how I put it. There's definitely, definitely a different taste between a regular hamburger you make at home and a cheeseburger you get from McDonald's. But unfortunately, there is no evidence to back up those claims. But after reading through several different articles about this particular subject, it appears to be that it has less to do with their willingness to use these items and has more to do with the cost. Human meat, horse meat, and worms would cost way more per pound than the beef that they use at McDonald's. In regards to the cow eyeball theory, McDonald's doesn't hide the fact that they use almost every shred of meat possible from the cow. Um, I mean, the cheap part of it. But cow eyeballs have such little meat on them, it's basically pointless to, to use them at all. Like, it's literally pointless to even buy them and use them. Yeah, it's kind of like... I have heard too, um, everyone talks about hot dogs and what, what are hot dogs actually made of? And basically it's every other part of the pig. Yeah. Um, I wonder, I haven't really heard that McDonald's in their meat uses every part of the cow. That's not expensive, but I would imagine that it'll be done. So yeah, we'll, uh, uh, we'll scouts be- and hooves and such. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll be kind of talking about a little more in detail about the McDonald's meat here in our next section. Um, so, yeah, the, the I think it was the McDonald's spokesman or something just straight up said, like, basically use not, you know, similar uh, items. I, how should I say it? Like, hot dogs is basically just a leftover pieces. Um, yep. McDonald's is not ashamed to admit, yeah, they... Don't use high quality meat and is basically scraps. Like they're they're very clearly not gonna grind up steak meat and put it in a two dollar McDouble hamburger. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I you mean know. the if you go to a well, if you can find a really good butcher shop, you can get like the percentage of meat to fat that you want and get like the perfect burger for yourself. You know, if you go to a grocery store, it's prepackaged and it's usually you know, it's pretty standardized. Um, McDonald's, it doesn't taste like it always tastes kind of differently as if who knows how much fat or how much meat went into it. It just went through a a, a press, you know, basically yeah. just kind of, you know, pushed out uh, like a meat tube type right. situation. Well, I'll tell you what, Phil, we'll uh, I'll tell you what is in that. Now, quick question before I go on to that. Um, are you I don't know if you are good with hamburger uh, meat to fat ratio, but I I think I like ninety percent meat, ten percent fat hamburger. Are you 
The other popular one's 80-20. Do you have a preference? Uh, I think it was 85-15. Okay. Was so the what we used to get at Mabes was 87-13, I think. Something like that from the grocery store. We had to buy a specific blend. And it came in long tubes. I it was either 90-10 or like 87-13, something like I that. I think it was 90-10. 90-10? Okay. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was a, a good amount. I do like a little bit of fat, but when you start getting into the 80-20, it's too much fat. Yeah. It's, it basically shrinks down to nothing when you cook it. All the fat cooks right out of it. So. I'm I'm almost positive, like you said, your parents process a cow. Um, mm. I'm almost positive all the ground beef you get from that is 90-10. We're very close to it. Yeah, I imagine it's... Um, the locker probably just does the same for everybody in Hot yeah. Springs. So, yeah. unfortunately, did you know that place out of business? No, I didn't hear that. Yeah, can't get it there anymore. But uh, there's plenty of uh, butcher shops for the farmers there. Now, oh yeah. Now let's move on to um, the pink slime conspiracy. The pink slime is probably the one conspiracy regarding M- McDonald's that I was pretty convinced that was real, and honestly was the main linchpin behind deciding to do this entire episode. Uh, The basic belief is that the chicken McNuggets are created using a mysterious pink slime. One of the main reasons behind this is because anyone who's ever eaten a chicken McNugget knows without a doubt that is most certainly not the original shape that it would have cut even that would have came out of a chicken breast or anything like that. It's very clear that's not what it is. Oh, definitely. Especially, well, this isn't Chicken McNuggets, but when you buy them from the store and you see the ones that they make for kids and they come in the weird shapes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can even make McNuggets by chopping chicken breast up and breading them, you know, but you can take, you can feel the uh, fibrous nature of a chicken breast which a chicken McNugget feels like, I don't even know how you describe it. It's uh, They're definitely just kind of packed together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh, this is probably the most disgusting part of, uh, of our, of the whole series here talking about this pink slime. Um, but the pink slime conspiracy is actually unique in the fact that there is some truth behind the claims. Not only that, but the pink slime uh, doesn't just simply uh, involve the chicken McNuggets, but also has a lot to do with the beef McDonald's cells. Now, let's start with the McNuggets. While the meat in the chicken McNuggets isn't exactly made from pink slime, they were created from a process called MSP, or Mechanically Separated Chicken. This process is basically using a machine to separate the meat from the leftover chicken bones, a process very similar to how you'd make hot dogs. Uh, After the meat is extracted using this method, it gets its pink color from the use of ammonium hydroxide uh, that kills all the bacteria because when they, they basically crush, my understanding, crush the bones, strip the meat off of it, it gets so much bacteria on it doing this. They have to use the ammonium hydroxide to kill all that bacteria. And then that turns it pink. And it's kind of this 
gelatinous substance. Yes, I have heard. So I've heard of the pink slime method. Um, basically, I don't know if you're going to get into it after this. Um, supposedly, because uh, it loses all of its, you know, taste, the ammonium hydroxide, they have to bleach it to turn it back into like gray, like an actual chicken meat. And then supposedly that's when they add chicken flavoring to make it taste like chicken again. That's kind of the conspiracy. Uh, from whatever, I'm going to kind of go into the timeline of making chicken this way. Um, but from all, all I read, no flavoring, probably add some salt to it or whatever. Um, okay. But yeah, it just, the ammonium oxide was simply to destroy the bacteria that was in the meat. Like, think of it like this. So if you have a steak, right, you can eat yeah. that raw or you can eat that semi-cooked because the bacteria has can't penetrate inside that meat. But if you grind that meat up and turn it to hamburger, the bacteria is all over every shred of that meat. Does that make sense? Yep. So you have to cook it all the way through. Yes. Um, so it's kind of that same process. Now, that sounds pretty gross. And to me, it certainly is. But in 2003... McDonald's stopped using the mechanically separated chicken to make their chicken McNuggets. McDonald's now just uses regular white chicken meat that has been ground up. Some fillers added. They form it into the iconic chicken McNugget look and just sell it that way. And millions and millions of people enjoy it like that. So they were 100% using the pink slime method up until 2003 in regards to their chicken McNuggets. So I probably consumed it like that. Millions and millions of people ate it like that. But again, I think this is another um, thing where people found out and then they're like, oh, we, we better not do that anymore. So lucky for me, I probably never ate chicken McNuggets until after 2003. I don't think I had Chicken McNuggets till I got to college. So probably lucky in that regards, I guess. I don't know. Maybe. It, it, I mean. Probably, it, it was probably just fine for you. But uh, yeah, I, I did. Honestly, when I was a little kid and I got Happy Meals, I think I always got a hamburger anyway. But uh, but yeah, so now it's basically, I don't know, a chicken meatball more or less has <laughs> been Pretty fried. Much. Yeah. Yeah. It. it just meat and fillers and then shaped into whatever, you know, the little nugget. Yeah, it's it's not great. I can say that. Um, it's definitely not. Now, I will say the chicken selects that McDonald's had, you could tell that was a real piece of chicken inside of there. Did you ever okay. have them? Had I ever had them? Yeah. No, no, I had never had them before. So they were very similar to like your classic... Mc, or classic chicken strip like even the shit Mabes we used to make at Mabes like a piece of chicken that's breaded and then deep fried um, but okay. they got they took them off the menu quite a long time ago I don't know if it wasn't cost effective for them or whatever but uh, yeah they took them off <laughs> maybe the uh, their average customer didn't like them as much as the uh, less healthy options <laughs> same reason why they don't do many salads anymore very well. I think people found out that those salads were like ninety percent sugar. Um, yeah, so you it, might it, as well be eating a fucking Big Mac, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Now, as for the McDonald's beef in the pink slime, it has close to the same history as the McNuggets. 
Uh, it's unclear if McDonald's originally used this uh, mechanically separated beef or not, but in 2004, it became illegal in the United States to sell me- mechanically separated meat from beef because of the fears for mad cow disease. But McDonald's instead started using a process known as BLBT or boneless lean beef trimmings. This process is different because it doesn't strip the meat from the bones and instead just uses low quality leftover fat trimmings that might have a little meat still attached to them. It, uh, it extracts the meat by squeezing it through tiny, tiny little tubes, which are then exposed to small amounts of ammonia gas that give it the pink color. And they'd use one other chemical that kind of takes the fat out of it at that point. So it's basically just meat left. Um, not okay. exactly, not exactly, doesn't sound great. No, it, it still sounds fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, they're using the ammonia, obviously, to kill off any bacteria. That uh, Yeah, that mad cow disease was really big when we were growing up. Uh, there was a lot of worry about that coming over from England into yeah. the United States. Especially, we were living on, we both, live, we both grew up on farms. So a lot of the old farmers were kind of starting to worry about that. Seeing all the scary news coverage on the TV, so... Yeah, it's a it's a nasty disease. If you watch a video of a cow suffering from it, um, honestly, it's it's quite sad. But but yeah, so do you see what I mean? Like they don't necessarily I mean they don't necessarily use ground beef. They use these leftover fat trimmings that still have meat attached to them, and then kind of make hamburger patties while removing the fat and just getting the meat. Yeah, I'm guessing that they're basically fighting for these boneless lean beef trimmings with fucking uh, like dog food makers, basically. <laughs> probably. Like companies that make dog food are probably also the same trimmings to make their, you know, cans of whatever, Alpo or whatnot. Ugh. It's gross to think about. Yes. Now, McDonald's was using meat created via this method, BLBT. Um, all the way up until February of 2012. Now, what from what I can see and have read, again, the main reason they decided to switch was because of celebrity chef Jamie Oliver. Jamie had a show called Food Revolution in which he recreated the process in which McDonald's was using to make their hamburgers. And a lot of bad publicity followed it. People were grossed out. Um, although McDonald's won't admit to that being the particular reason, it seems quite oddly suspicious that he releases this, there's an uproar, and then McDonald's is like, okay, we're not using BLBT method anymore. So I'm not entirely sure what they do now for the ground beef, but they stopped that in 2012. But that's, I mean, I had had hamburgers made (laughs) by that method, uh, definitely before they stopped. Oh, yeah, definitely there was a lot of drunken night menu um, cheeseburgers. Oh, yeah. I would eat like four of those things. Yeah. So, yeah, I've definitely had quite a few of the BLBT burger methods. It is always funny how corporations, whenever that horrible 
press comes out, they're like, oh, totally unrelated, but we're not going to do that thing anymore that you guys were all talking about. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, if they didn't get busted, they'd still be serving it this way. Oh, definitely. And it's always like, oh, no, no, we've been planning on getting for for years now. Yeah, it's just it's just weird timing, basically. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's kind of uh, scary to think about. Um, but yeah, that's kind of uh, anybody curious. McDonald's meat. There you go. That's what you're eating. Um, now you kind of alluded to the next conspiracy that I'm going to go into, and it kind of correlates with the meat there. Um, you mentioned McDonald's food never rots. Uh, yes. This is a popular conspiracy theory that basically McDonald's food has so many preservatives in it that it will never rot or mold. But this conspiracy is actually kind of easy to debunk. Um, if you were to order a traditional Big Mac, per se, uh, it will start to grow mold within a few days, but not from the meat because of the toppings. The hamburger patty itself will not rot be- simply because it's so dehydrated when you get it. Um, all the moisture gets sucked out of it. The bacteria cannot fester. It kind of turns into beef jerky. Now, the fries are especially notorious for this because they never rot. Uh, and this is apparently because they use a frying method or a special synthesized oil that destroys all of the moisture in the potato. And it has so much fucking salt on it that yep. nothing can grow on it. So essentially, the french fries will never rot. Yep, just like how they used to preserve beef 2,000 years ago. Yeah. They used to just use so much salt that nothing would grow on it. <laughs> yeah. So, and <laughs> same the, thing, and salted the ha- beef. The hamburger patty doesn't have enough moisture in it to actually do anything outside of turn into basically beef jerky. Yeah, so basically the toppings will still rot. Oh, like yeah. The, if you have a tomato on it, that'll rot, obviously. Um, what about the bun? Because oh, yeah, I've also bun. seen the bun doesn't ever grow any kind of like mold or anything on it either. I don't know. I watched a YouTube video with uh, Morgan Day. Remember the Super Size Me guy? Yes. And he had them all in jars. Uh, the only thing that didn't show rot was the fries, but the buns and the toppings definitely rotted and the chicken definitely rotted. Okay. So the buns will rot because I've yeah. heard that the buns won't rot because they're not made out of real bread. That was the kind of the conspiracy. They're basically made out of like whatever fucking, you know, some some petroleum oil byproduct or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. In his video, they rotted. And obviously, he's exceedingly opposed to fast food. Um, but I don't know. It seemed like it did. Maybe I'm wrong. But it did see uh, read a lot of stuff about the hamburger patty and the fries. If they're not touching the other items, they will not rot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, our dog used to like grab, like if there was like a a hot dog or something left on the plate, she would grab it and like take it behind the oven and take it behind the fridge and stuff like that. And I remember hot dogs never, they would just dry out. They never grew mold or anything on them either. So I wonder if it's like possibly kind of like the same thing. It just has such little moisture left in it. I mean, yeah, I'd assume anything that doesn't have, I mean, I'm pretty sure beef jerky, you can just let it sit out and it's, nothing's going to happen. Oh yeah. Well, beef jerky's already, that's done. 
Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much leather by the time you're buying it anyway. So <laughs> I love beef jerky, but uh but yeah. Anyway It's fucking expensive. Yeah. It is. It is. I mean you could my grandma used to make it with her dehydrator. Uh doesn't taste the same as Jack Lynx, but it's pretty good. Yeah, we used to whenever we would kill a deer. We would always get, uh, my dad killed the deer. I never killed the deer. But we would get venison strips and make uh, pepper jerky out of it. That was the best. That venison jerky. Yep. Homemade. Yep. That shit is good. I do miss Mm -hmm. that. I do miss that. I love that. Um, Yep. All right. You ready for the last one here, Phil? Yes. All right. Uh, We will finish off this episode with a McDonald's conspiracy that is a little more lighthearted. Uh, we most certainly have heard people say, why is the McDonald's McFlurry machine always broken? What is the reason for this? So have you have you encountered this problem yourself, Phil? I actually have. Um, we were trying, one of the few times I ever tried to get ice cream with friends uh, from a McDonald's and it happened to just be, you know, they couldn't give us any ice cream that day. So yeah. one of the few times I've ever been to McDonald's to get ice cream, didn't, you know, couldn't make it happen. This is actually a very, very notorious problem, um, but we do have an answer for it. According to some employees, the main reason that the ice cream machine is always on the fritz is actually not because it's broken. The reason for them telling you that it's broken is because it's generally being cleaned at the time you want to order ice cream. The cleaning and sanitizing process for the McFlurry machine and ice cream machine is actually a very long and very tedious one. The entire process takes four hours and has to be done every single day. So I imagine to employees, it's easier to tell them it's broken other than it's just being cleaned right now and we can't give you ice cream. Yeah, you would think that's something that they could do during the night shift. You know, I mean, not, uh, not during the day when, you know, when it's hot and people actually want it. Because it seems like that's when it's always broken. I don't know. Maybe there's a, I don't know. I don't know who gets to decide when they clean it. I, I don't know. But apparently that's the reason. <laughs> some, uh, some pimple faced 19 year old. Not exactly, you know. He's probably just like, I'm just going to get this cleaning done now. So I don't have to deal with it later. Yeah, I imagine. Just he probably doesn't give a shit anyway. No, just absolutely as as, not. Just as long as the fucking uh, you know the burgers are still getting shelled out, he's fine with it. <laughs> now there is a, a conspiracy. This conspiracy, I should say, or this people questioning this, is interesting because it actually led to the FTC or Federal Trade Commission uh, to to investigate why the machines are always broken and. They actually found us pretty interesting uh, information with their investigation. While the machines didn't actually break that often, in the cases that they did break, it caused some some major issues. The reason for this is because of the company called Taylor, who originally developed the machine. Um, Now, they had it set up so if the machine broke, you were only allowed to contact them to repair it, and they had to send out one of their, quote, certified technicians. You were not allowed to have anybody else fix their machine. I'm assuming this is because of some sort of contract. Um, So they're kind of at the mercy of the technicians. The scheme that they're kind of running 
is similar to if you if you have Apple products, you have an iPhone, um, you kind of have to go to an Apple store, pay a lot of money to have them fix it, even though the fix might be very minor. Now, there is a little bit of good news for this type of racket, because this honestly, this shit exists everywhere. Let's not kid ourselves. Uh, yeah. a- apparently, uh, in July of 2021, Joe Biden signed an executive order which led to the FTC to adopt a right to repair platform which is going to start investigating companies in serious violation of antitrust and anti-competition laws which Taylor is basically guilty of that. Yeah, I mean you see this with a lot of companies um like there's car companies who basically build it into their design to make it so that you have to take it back to the dealership to get fixed. I'm yep. pretty sure BMW's famous for it, basically having specialty tools yep. that only BMW dealers will have. So, oh, without a doubt, um, yeah, it's it's a really shitty practice. Like, I know I've worked for companies where some one of the machines breaks, and it's like you're only allowed to call that one person and nobody else. Yeah, I can see if it's a situation with a warranty. Like if your car, say you buy a brand new car and you have a three-year warranty on it. If you take that to like just some, you know, some random shop and they fix it for you, who knows what kind of work they can do. That work can't be certified, so it breaks your warranty. Just like if you used Ford actually has a coolant that they use called Ford Gold. Which basically, if you put anything besides Ford Gold in your under warranty brand new Ford, it breaks the warranty. So it makes it sound like, oh no, we're just making sure the work that was done was you know used correctly. Really, they're just trying to make themselves more money on the back end. Yeah. Not only did you buy the car from us, also we're going to make money from you at least for three years on the back end. <laughs> I know. It's like, I don't know why... Here's the thing about, let's take McDonald's in particular with this, because McDonald's is a franchise, it's a corporation, but if you want to own them, you, you have, they franchise out, right? So I yeah. don't know if this is like the McDonald's corporation themselves has this racket set up so the franchises that people buy from them have to use this company that maybe they own as well. Um, do you know what I'm saying? Like kind of double dipping. Yeah, McDonald's is kind of famous for fucking over its franchisees. Basically, McDonald's Corporation, um, there was a movie that came out uh, called The Founder a few years. And the founder of McDonald's, well, not the founder of the original McDonald's, but the guy who kind of franchised him out, was famous for having McDonald's own the land underneath every single McDonald's. So really, McDonald's is not only like a food company, it's also a real estate company. So they really do know like the best ways to squeeze every last penny out of their franchisees. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh there's probably a lot of shit like that goes on with these big companies that would make you drop your jaw to the floor. You know, really there is an argument too. Um one of their big deals is standardization. And if you force everyone to use the same, you know, tailor machines for that, you really do standardize the the end product. That comes out kind of like the menu. Everything gets standardized. One of the big things in the movie, the founder was Ray Kroc used to go around to his franchisees 
and he would stop all of these individual McDonald's stores from selling regional food. Because he's like, no, no, this is not a regional restaurant. This is a national chain kind of deal. Right. So I can see how they want to keep everything standard. But also I could see how they're just willing to, you know, squeeze every last penny, you know, trying to get everything they can <laughs> out of it. But who knows who actually owns the, the Taylor company? Right. Well, Phil, uh, before we get out of here, any of these uh, any of these things we talked about, are they new to you? Ooh, um, new to me. Not really new. Uh, finding out the methods of how they, you know, the pink slime um, and like what actually the pink slime is. That was kind of new. Really interesting. Um, you know, in your mind, you just kind of think it's a factory where they just kind of dissect the cow and they use like regular meat, just like you would think. You don't really think of them using basically dog food. Yeah. You know, to... <laughs> To form their burgers, which supposedly they don't do that anymore, but who knows what they do now? You know, it might yeah. be fucking worse for all yeah, we know. That's a good so. point. Uh, we don't know what they do now, but uh, it's not what they did before. Uh, so, yeah, the pink slime definitely existed, but they they did clean it up allegedly after they got busted. So there's that. But uh, anybody who works at one of these chains want to fill us in with some more details or whatever. Uh, where can they do that, Phil? Definitely. Yeah. If you work at the factories that actually put the meat together for McDonald's, we'd love to hear from, uh, you can get a hold of us at subliminal D podcast at gmail.com. That's the email, uh, really easy way to get a hold of us. Uh, great to hear from everybody. We've actually gotten a few good messages in the past couple of days. Uh, from people, you know, talking to us, just giving us ideas. So thank you for that. Even easier way, hit us up on our Instagram page, Subliminal Deception Podcast on IG. Uh, always great, you know, all the likes and all the shares, everything. Uh, when the new episodes come out, that's great. Uh, Cody and I also have our own Instagram accounts. Mine is SD Podfill. Cody, you got one? Yeah, you can follow me at Cody Sabob. Uh, thank you, everybody who's reached out to me within the last week or so. Uh, Phil, like Phil said, uh, I got a few suggestions, and I'm definitely going to be doing them in probably the next month or so here. So thank you all who've done that. Uh, the last thing we need you guys to do is to log on to iTunes and leave a show a five-star review. doesn't really matter what you say, just five stars and uh, your f favorite McDonald's item uh, typed in there. The other thing you can do if you're a Spotify listener you can now leave the show a five-star review on that. So that is really helpful. And on that one, you don't have to type. Makes it even easier. Uh, otherwise, guys, I, I hope you enjoyed us talking about probably some of your, your guys' favorite restaurants. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs>